Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dawn of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about X-Men and all the current yes. X-Men stuff. And sometimes we travel, we time, we body slide back to the 90s to talk about other X-Men books like that yep. one. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by, wait a minute, uh, where are you right now? Are you in, are you in Cancun? You're in yes. Cancun right now? Ed Cruz is here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Cruz is here. This is Josh. See, what happened, um, I got a mm-hmm. weird text mm-hmm. on my phone asking okay. if I wanted to go to this Ritz-Carlton. Yeah. It's like, sure. Um, and so I did. And that's where I'm at. Uh, I took Ted's spot. Ted had to go back for some business, apparently, and I'm just hanging out. But don't you have, like, other important responsibilities? Me, personally? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have a shit ton. But I figure if a U.S. senator could just fuck off, so good fucking I. And is that... Is that known offender woody allen behind you no (laughs) (laughs) all right that's how we're that's how we're gearing up today let's get out let's get out of our funk (laughs) you know you know i love the improv you know i'm all about saying yes and improv no no woody allen's not behind you have you seen that new documentary yet what i want to uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably watch it tonight. Actually, uh, so on that note, on that uplifting note, <laughs> let's talk about X Men and X Men universe related things. Uh, for any of you collectors out there, the first ever House of X uh, X Men figures will be coming out March first. Uh, this is a release date on Target scanners. So if you want to get a brand new Wolverine, uh, Jean Grey. Cyclops, Magneto, Xavier, or Moira figure based off House of X, you can get them starting next week. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I didn't know they were making Hox Pox ones. That's awesome. I didn't send you the picture like four times. Did you? Probably. I'll okay. send them again. They look okay. cool. I, I, saw them in, I saw them in the warehouse because they came in already and I tried to buy them and they're like, no. <laughs> no, no, sir. You cannot do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's their current costumes, like Cyclops' is a blue costume. But then like it was confusing because then you have like Jean Grey in her old costume and like Wolverine yeah. is technically old costume. Yeah. But then like white costume, uh, Magneto and black suit and a helmet and the helmet comes off and Xavier comes with a little plant, which is pretty cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's and then cool. Moira comes with different arms. So you can change her clothes to like a different era of Moira. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And each figure comes with a Build-A-Figure piece, and it makes one of the uh, Tri-Sentinels. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right. All right. And oh. also, last week... That's, that's Nick's Collector's Corner. That's the yeah, basically. of the podcast. Well, what was it you said every time you came over to record before? You'd be like, you have a different figure every time I come. Every fucking time. Every single fucking time. <laughs> Every yeah. time you had a new figure to show me. I haven't seen a new figure in a fucking year. I mean, I, I'll send you 80 pictures of displays I made with all my all different right. figures. Do it. Yeah. Awesome. On Twitter. <laughs> um, also, we've been watching WandaVision. Hell yeah, we've been watching WandaVision. So I think since we last spoke, the Halloween episode happened and then last week's episode happened. Yes, correct. Yeah. So what you uh, what are your theories right now, and what do you think of where the show's going? My theories right now is that shit is wild. It is. 
Um, somebody's clearly manipulating Wanda. Well, we know who it is now. Oh, we do? Have you not seen the last episode? Thought I did. What was the last thing you saw, Josh? <laughs> oh, Agnes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shit. Okay, yeah. okay, good. I was gonna say, like, you know, you missed a big thing then. <laughs> yeah, 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 my bad. Um, it was Agatha all along. Agatha, right? yeah. So, all right, so that's correct. It's Agatha all along. Um, but I, yeah, I is vision our vision, the vision on this show is a, another universe vision, right? That's what I'm thinking. I think vision is still dead. Yes. And she couldn't bring him back. And when she snapped, she's been pulling from the multiverse. Yeah. Because his reaction when Agnes said, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be dead. Yeah. And he's like dead. Like he was fucking surprised. Like he had like, and he said, what's an Avenger. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the, what's the Avenger part. Yeah. 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 So there you go. He's gotta be another, he's gotta be another dimension. Well, last episode, Darcy kind of gave him a brief history of what happened to him. Mm-hmm. so i don't know if he's gonna be like no that doesn't make sense yeah because um, yeah, he seemed to just take that all in yeah so i don't know um but i do like the agatha, agatha stuff i think yeah. all that's really good um i like that monica is becoming photon slash spectrum slash miss marvel because she's been yeah. all those characters before <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah so that's, that's really cool. cool i like that they're um, I love the Halloween episode because yeah, they're wearing their stupid costumes. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I did I did appreciate that. And that brought to me that brought more evidence of a possible multiverse because what reference what frame of reference do the characters have to dress like that other yeah, than a wink and a nod? So what what the fuck's going on with Quicksilver? What do you think? Like he's in on the game. Is he? All we know is Agatha was doing a little swirly thing around him. Uh, that could just mean he's also being mind controlled. Yeah, but he seemed. Yeah, I guess. But he seems like he's like. Yeah, I guess maybe she's just giving him different personalities every now and then. Because like in that Halloween yeah. episode, it seemed like he was fully aware that like they were in a pocket universe or something. You know what I mean? Like someone said, it felt like he was trying to like question her in a smart way. Yeah. And that was weird too. Um, some people say maybe it's not Quicksilver because of that. And I said, well, he has actual Quicksilver powers though. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know because, and he's the one that made me go, okay, so what's his frame of reference to dress like that? Yeah, exactly. To dress like a blue shirt and a streak on your chest. There's yeah. no frame of reference other than multiverse. And that commercial that played this week was the, the whole Nexus commercial, the pill. Yeah. Nexus in Marvel is like what they call the actual center of the multiverse. Mm. So there's stuff like that. Yeah. And um, a little <laughs> Easter egg, possibly. The first time we meet um, Mephisto in the Marvel universe is when he's a fly on a curtain. And then there's a fly on the curtain that they zoom in on when Wanda's in Agnes's house. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, so stuff like that. All right. All right. More we power. still don't know who the mystery aerospace scientist is. No. That's going to be someone. No. And I think it was last week, Paul Bettany said there's a surprise actor that he's been wanting to work with his whole life, which made everyone go, Ian McKellen! Ian McKellen! <laughs> Could be. Which would be I, awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, it they're bringing clearly that's the game plan. Then mutants are just going to be from another universe. Like, I don't know if it's the game plan, but they're definitely. It would be weird if they go, "Oh yeah, we had this guy pretend to be your brother because we couldn't bring your brother," and like he just happens to look like Evan Peters, the guy who played him in yeah. X Men movies. Like, I'd be a little annoyed if they did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a personal wink and a nod to an audience that doesn't exist, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I am still loving the show. I'm excited because the next two episodes uh, are an hour long. For real? Yeah. Shit. So basically, it's the third act of the movie. So good. And, but there were some lines last week that I actually was legit laughing. Like the part where she just went, I bit a kid once. And just deadpan looked at the camera. <laughs> And yeah. like some stuff Vision was doing, I kept thinking, why is Vision just getting up and flying away? Why yeah. is he waiting in the car? You know, the- <laughs> until it's like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. I, I don't, I don't want the show, this kind of unique show, to end with two people with different color lightning bolts with a beam in the sky. You know? I know. I'm, I don't I'm, want the generic ending. It has to have something different. Yeah, I, I they. I'm afraid they will because it seems like it's getting more and more like that action-y, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't mind action, of course, but I just don't want it to be the generic beam of energy in the sky and like Wanda and someone who has vague powers just like hers are shooting bolts at each other yeah. and flying yeah. around. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't I, want frankly, I want it, like, I would be happy if it ended with no battle, you know, like just like, like a real tense, like, sh- understanding that Wanda just fucked everything up, you know what I mean? And then the yeah. bad guy just leaves, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I think because we the way we saw Agnes, she seemed to pop in at the beginning of the actual first episode. So I think the kind of mini twist is that Agatha never did anything. She's just taking advantage of the situation that's already happening. Ah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she saw what's happening and said, I'm just going to get involved and get whatever it is that I want. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, true. Yeah, so like Wanda, I don't, I don't want him to take responsibility away from Wanda, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I like. There's got to be an element to this is something Wanda did because she was wanted to. But I also don't want it to be another story about like when women are grieving, they are like <laughs> rational. You know what I mean? Like it's not women, it's Wanda. <laughs> but look at her, look at her state right now in the comic. She's the pretender. And we never talk about her. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying from like a, a, a more wide audience type. Sure. View. Well, Thanks. the showrunner is female. So, you know, we'll blame That's that. <laughs> All right. So now back to the comic world. Yeah. Um, we have this week X-Men Legends number one, Sword number two, X-Force number 16, New Mutants number 15. I sounded like I was going to say something else, but I didn't. Um, So (laughs) starting off with, honestly, my favorite book of this pack. Oh, also, sorry. We are also doing Excalibur number 16. I don't remember. You'll do it. So uh, X-Men Legends number one. I really like this book. It felt like a refreshing kind of being pulled back into the past. Mm -hmm. Like, this could have easily been the next chapter in any 90s story. Oh, yeah. The 90s definitely have their issues when it comes to all of comics trying to be extreme, which is referenced in the book. But I really, really like the aesthetic of all the art by, uh, I believe, Brett Booth. 
Yeah, yeah. Brett Booth really drew from his well of of knowledge from being there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> he definitely but, two people like Fabian. Um, oh shit, I forgot how to pronounce his name. Masiza, I think is yeah. what I'm going with. Um, I mean, they were classic '90s comic book creators. I, I forget which one Brett Booth was. Was it Wildstorm or something? Or like he did that. He also I he worked a lot with Scott Liddell. Yeah. So like he has, I believe he worked on X Force and, and New Mutants. Fabian Nasiza at some point wrote pretty much every X Men book there was in the nineties. Basically, like these two very much know the X Men world of that era, and it fucking shows, man. Yeah. Like, like I just said, like it feels like it's pulled right into the next issue of the story. It's and, insane what a good job they do. But also with the art, it's very 90s, but it's also very modern day crisp. Like the page layouts. Yes. Like, yeah. It's very clean. It's very clean, but you know what they're trying to do. You know they're trying to get the 90s aesthetic. Yeah. Because the, the panel shapes and like the the uh, letters from the editor and uh, the way the lettering is all feels very 90s, but doesn't feel aggressively 90s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, especially, okay, so the page for me that really drives home the, the aesthetic of the 90s X-Men book is when Havoc and, and Scott go back to the the mansion and, like, meet with Xavier. Like, that, oh, yeah. break, that page breakdown, how it's, like, little thumbnails – little panels inside of a giant splash inside all this text <laughs> it's insane dude anyway go or ahead even, even this version of havoc like the way he's dressed i oh, forgot yeah. that look yeah, yeah, yeah. i that totally forgot cool. that look of this big jacket and a headpiece like gambit but not gambit yeah like but cool. yeah this panel particularly like when they're talking to xavier like the stretchy kind of bodies they have exactly and the way the panel setup is and like professor charles xavier the greatest mutant telepath on earth. Like we don't need that, but that's what they did in the nineties. So you had a shorthand. Yep. So this book is basically about a third summer's brother. And we know that because they promoted it like that for like a fast few months. Like that would have been a great surprise, but they promoted the book as that. Well, and they did so because back in the nineties, it was, confirmed but then not confirmed if i remember correctly that adam x was the third summer's brother so like it's not really a surprise at this point it would have been a surprise this particular story would have been a surprise if it came out when it came out yeah but or when it was supposed to come out you know what i mean so that's what one thing about x-men legends before you go on about the summer's brother um it's the original creators going back and telling either a story they never got to tell or one that like got cut for some reason. Like these are all basic ideas that they had back in the time that it happened as well. So I think that's really cool. Oh yeah. 30 years later, getting to finish yeah. the story idea is definitely awesome. really looking forward to uh, the, the third one, which is going to be the X factor. Like oh, the, okay, nice. the OG X factor. Um, so this book starts off with Eric, the red, I believe his name yeah. is. Yes. Uh, attacking innocent people with some of his opinions, uh, attacking the small town, and we later learn kidnapping the Summer's grandparents. Um, then we cut to the Summer's brothers fighting off some of these guys, and like I do love the shot of both of them just going completely insane and like, oh, everything. So 90s. Yeah, so extremely 90s. 
even the way they're standing, like the, oh, like the way they're standing in all the panels, like that like, is pure. How amazing. far apart their fucking legs are at all times yeah. is fucking insane, dude. And like, I forgot how much I fucking loved this costume. I love the Cyclops costume. Like, it doesn't make sense. And there's random oh. pouches, but it's fucking awesome. I I agree I, because this was the because as a kid I, I got into it with the cartoon obviously so like this was my first yeah go around with Cyclops. Uh, eventually, the Summers brothers decide to investigate. They see a letter in the town, in written in Shi'ar. Yes, about what's happening, and then we cut to flashbacks of Adam X, and like we kind of get his brief history. Oh, guys, if you don't know, if you don't remember from last week, we're changing up the format of the show a little bit. We're not detailing page for page. We're just kind of giving broad strokes to kind of get to our personal points a little faster. So as a little note for you guys. Um, so then afterwards, we find out about Adam X's history and cut to when he's on Earth after trying to kind of find peace with his powers. We see him on Earth. And again, I personally had no idea who Adam X is. I recognize the name, but yeah. I don't know who he is. When I hear the third Summers brother, I think of Vulcan. Like, as, as you should, and as you should, because I don't believe Adam X actually exists anymore. Oh no, he does. He's in the Mojo verse. Uh, yeah, okay, that's why I know it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, eventually, Cable finds Adam at a farm and tells him to meet up with the Summers brothers and explain to him what's actually going on. And we later learn that basically Eric the Red doesn't want to hurt him. He wants to make him, from I understand, the leader of their group. So it could be like a massive civil war. And yes, Eric the Red is, um, if I remember correctly, is at, or waging war with the Shi'ar Empire or currently at war with the Shi'ar Empire. I, mm. he, he, he fucked around with the Shi'ar a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would. I actually wouldn't hate a book about the Shi'ar because, like, their history is so just fucked. And yeah, there's I, a really, really good Thor run where Thor, the female Thor, Jane Foster, meets the Shi'ar gods and oh, like, finds oh. out that they're fucking dicks and they don't give a fuck Every, about their people. All Shi'ar are assholes. Yeah. They are all assholes. Always. <laughs> Deathbird, Leandra, Death Gladiator, Deathbird oh. Frankie is one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so while Adam X is hitchhiking his way back to meet the meet up with the Summers brothers, he's attacked by the Star Jammers. Or most of them. And again, the artwork is really just crisp and clean. Huh? Two of the five, I believe. Yeah, I don't see that fish guy, and I don't and we don't see the other ones yet. They could, um, yeah. as they're fighting. The Summers help them. But before that, he busts out like these metal arms with two claws. Is this a new thing or is this something you know? I don't remember. I, I have a lot of memories blocked of Adam X. I think because his powers were basically everything. You know what I mean? Like That's what it feels like. <laughs> He's super he was, speed, metal arms. Yes, he was just like extreme. He was the extreme yes. superhero. That's what it like. That's what it was like. Well, That's what does Cable say? Book. He's like, didn't we get over our extreme phase or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very tongue-in-cheek very tongue there. Uh, and then I do really like his main power, I guess, which is igniting your blood. 
Yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty fucking wild ass power, man. And I, I like the caveat. I I didn't remember this power set. I don't know if it's new. It's probably not because it's supposed to be within a very specific time. Hmm. But yeah, like I like that little caveat that somebody has to have an open wound first before he can do it. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, he said he described it like igniting the oxygen around the blood or some shit like that. Yeah. And then we cut to Havoc and Cyclops saving him. And again, another very just 90s pose, like the hair's flowing and it's like overly curly and like everyone, like you said, just standing like legs really far apart. <laughs> just insane. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking this so far. Uh, it basically ends when they try and use their powers against each other, Summer's brothers and Adam, and neither of the powers work. Adam doesn't get burned by their lasers and he can't ignite their blood. Exactly, yeah. And then their dad pops up out of nowhere because the ship decloaked and says, it's your brother. Now say goodbye. <laughs> probably like a, a stun gun or some shit like that, whatever. Yeah, it's probably not, dude. The star jammers don't fuck around. Even when they're <laughs> fucking around, they don't fuck around, you know what I mean? Um, and it says next, one big happy family. Yeah, so this is gonna have a sequel to it, which is cool, and then we're gonna go into like another story. So it's gonna, it's like a, it's gonna be an anthology series. That's really cool. Uh, I gave this four and a half X's. I gave it, I gave it four, because despite the fact that I don't care for this Adam X fella, the art really like the art really sold this fucking shit. You know, like, nostalgic for sure. <laughs> oh my god! All right, where are we going next? Because I am pretty fucking high right now <laughs> we are going to sword number two okay so i want to take this book because i know you don't know what's going on with the current um king and black storyline yes thank you yeah and this is basically a tie-in essentially which i was surprised how much of a tie-in this is because i, last... I got that vibe yeah because there are plenty of times where i'm like i don't know what the fuck she's talking about yeah um we definitely see this book feels more it doesn't feel as much as an x-men book as it does a book about the marvel universe because now she has members of the team who aren't mutants yeah i i think that's pretty cool i i like that it's if that's the case then sword is really going to be my touchstone to the marvel universe then because i don't give i don't pay a fuck attention uh i feel like you're gonna like what i'm reading right now the current daredevil run by chip zadarsky yeah i do i, I just I, started it it's it's good yeah i meant to start that one because i do like i do like zadarsky and i fucking love daredevil okay good. that's basically was my sales pitch <laughs> uh so we in the book we start off with the whole city of new york and basically the whole planet covered in venom goo uh null the dark god has returned i think i mentioned it last episode too or last time we talked about sword and basically, he's taken over, like, most of the galaxy already. And in the current book, I'm, like, two issues behind on the actual event. But where I was, he's kind of won already. <laughs> and everyone's fucked. And everyone's kind of retreating. He killed... I'll mention he killed now because it's been a few months. Um, one of the most powerful entities in all of the Marvel Universe is the Century. I don't know if you know who the Century is. Hold on, hold on. Say you're doing it. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This is your chance. From issue one of King and Black. You're, if you're waiting for it to hit something else, skip ahead like a minute. Yeah. So when 
they need the big guns to fight this dark god they call Sentry. And if you don't know who Sentry is, he's essentially a Marvel version of Superman, except he has split personality disorder. And he's a really cool character. And it was a big surprise halfway through this book. Captain America's like, you know what? Get the big guns. And the Sentry flies down and Null catches him and rips him in half. <laughs> so that tells you how powerful this bad guy is. And he's turning everyone and everything into a Venom-esque creature, which is explained later in this book. So basically this book opens up with them knowing they're fucked. Um, it opens also with what we later find out is a Venom version of Cable, which is really cool. And then we cut back to the sword base where uh, Abigail, right? Yeah. Abigail is trying to figure out how to handle all this. She knows they can still get there through the gates, but that's basically it. The earth is covered in these venom dragons that Noel tends to have around him a lot. What, and, is, what is this bad guy's name? Because I keep hearing Noel, like Noel Gallagher. I put in Noel. I say Noel. Spell it for me. K-N-U-L-L. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's one of those names. Like, it could be totally different if someone... Yeah, like, yeah, okay. Like, nullify, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's how I say it. Yeah, yeah, okay, I hear Okay, I get what you're saying now. Okay, sorry. No, no. Because I I couldn't get past the fact that this character's name was Noel. (laughs) It was like... The planet is being destroyed by Oasis? <laughs> um, so they're trying to figure out what to do and how to get in contact with the rest of Krakoa, but also Abigail has her own contingency plans of how to handle the situation. So she's contacting each team, and then she gets to... Um, now I can't remember his name. Mentello or something? Mentello. Mentello. Yeah. And um, if I remember correctly, he's not a mutant. He's just a guy with telepathic powers. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I don't believe he's actually a mutant. He was a Fantastic Four villain for a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. That's where I know him from. So I don't think he's a mutant. That's why I said it's kind of weird that she's getting more people who yeah. aren't that. But I also love that we get introduced to him when he's just taking a crap. And he's like, whatever. People have to take shits. Like, leave Even me alone. Even in space. Even in space. And in uh, Abigail's uh, personal file, she talks about how He's not the best, but like I can use him because he's an opportunist, which is kind of a, a thread we see through other characters in this book, also. And uh, deep secret above eyes only is uh, you can learn languages from psychics now instead of having a um, a yeah. language, yeah, because that's what happens when they go through the gate, like they they got the Krakoan language just implanted, implanted, yeah. So she's using it to learn every language and just say, hey, that's the fast way to do it. Makes sense. Yep. So she's getting a team together to figure out what the hell's going on while one of these giant dragons attacks. And the whiz kid just shoots it with a laser because he's not time for this. It's a real dragon? It's a space dragon? Basically, Null has like this massive goopy army of space dragons. Okay. Because he's metal as fuck and Donny Cates is metal. So this is basically like the Dark Knight metal of Marvel right now? Oh, yeah. No, totally, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Null is like the Batman who laughs, but against Venom. I see. Okay. Yeah. It's good, though. It is very good. It's just, yeah. 
if you haven't noticed, uh, both companies, when they hear about each other's events, they try and copy each other's events or characters or moments. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, then we also have a new member of the crew from the Cree and uh, what's the other name? Cree and Sushiar? No, Scroll. Yeah, thank you. The Scroll and Cree Alliance. And they want to use him as the way to have a good view of mutants in the galaxy, which is, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So he's a good scroll fighter. And then so now he's on the team. So now we have a human and a scroll on this team that's mainly mutants. So I'm just wondering about that. It was a little off-putting because also this book was about something very different last issue. <laughs> yes, that's the part I can't get past. Like how much fucking time passed between when they did that crazy experiment and yeah. then like the world is over. Like, yeah, that's why this book feels weird so far. So skipping around a little bit, but eventually we get back to uh, Mentalo and Abigail talking about her kind of plan B in case everything goes to complete shit. And he reads her mind. She actually says, I'm breaking down a few of my um, telepathy protocols and you get to read my mind a little bit. And he reads it and he's like, oh shit, that's crazy. And she's like, whatever. If things go bad, you need to do X, Y, and Z. So eventually we get back to Yokoa and they're helping the rest of the mutants fight off Null's army. And at one point, Fabian supercharges Sunfire and like gives him like this weird like sexual pep talk. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's very weird to me, but and then uh, Sunfire blasts off into the sky and bursts through one of the dragons. Yay, we killed one dragon out of like a thousand but then we get another personal note about fabian from abigail about why he's dangerous and why he has to be controlled yeah. and how he's gonna try and fuck around eventually uh-huh i like <laughs> i do that. like that yeah that was a pretty good part and then we have the five wishing they could do some more like they are reality bending omega level mutants that want to help out but it's more important that the five stay safe in case people die which is understandable but people like proteus who are like essentially gods are feeling like hey let me go out there and like no don't do it and then mentalo comes in with what he calls the think tank yeah i do like that uh and it's like this is protocol five rescuing you and getting the fuck out of here welcome yeah and then they hear voices they hear null's voice through the gate that's not possible how can he do that oh yeah he's a fucking god and it's also partially a mutant because it is the Venom version of Cable. Yeah. It's a thing. It's pretty weird looking. Why? Yeah. Why does he like, look like the Joker, though? Why does he have like fish like flaps going on? <laughs> I know. Like, is, is, he, is he part dragon? Like, did he merge with one of those dragons? I don't understand. It's possible. Yeah. These symbiotes don't look like the symbiotes, I, I know. Well, these are the before time before the beginning of time level symbionts like he is the basically the symbiont planet is the way it is because they haven't had their god so just wild animals running around and if a symbiont escapes off a ship or whatever it can do its own thing but technically they're supposed to all be one living organism with one god which is null yeah. so in the book right now the actual venom that we know and his symbiont have like broken their connection and they're trying to fight against it cool 
Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's really good. It is. It's just fucking ridiculous. Also, at the same time, like most comics. Yeah, um, ridiculous. But yes, yeah, so <laughs> I I feel the same way that this book just feels weird because like I feel like we're just dropped in the middle of the story that if yeah. you're not reading King and Black, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. What do you guys say? Anything else you want to put add to that? That apparently I gave it four X's though, so obviously really? that was didn't jar me enough. I think I thought it was like really interesting. I didn't know the backstory a lot, but I thought it was pretty interesting. It's definitely not bad. It's just jarring and feels a little like if next week we go back to the last story, it's gonna be fucking weird. That, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't know yet because like it, I was waiting for this book to end with to be continued in King and Black number five. Like that yeah. would have been bad. So I don't know. I gave it three, three and a half X's. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. What's next? Next up, let's do Excalibur. That's all you. Tell all me right. what's happening in this world that I don't read. So Excalibur 17 by Teeny Howard and Marcus Tao. So we have, last we left our heroes, uh, Betsy was thrown asunder in the um, other world omniverse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she ended up waking up in a, a universe where she, Betsy Braddock, was queen of England. And so we learn an angel was there. Warren Angel was there. Yeah. And he still had his regular wings. Um, so, so Betsy figures out that, like, okay, I'm in a different universe. What's going on? Warren also is like, hey, I understand you're not the Betsy I just slept with, but how you doing? And like she's like you're just okay with the possibility that other versions exist he's like yeah I'm, we got x-men here too i know <laughs> nothing surprises me <laughs> so this universe's betsy braddock left the current one a note saying i've sent like she, somehow she realized that there was a, a temporal mess up mm. And that there was something wrong. Oh, because I think she was a Captain Britain too. So like she understood that the Captain Britain Corps was messed up now. And so she had this contingency plan where she went away so that she, uh, Braddock would end up there. Mm-hmm. Like our, our Betsy would end up there. And like, so Betsy gets in her head that, okay, well, I got here through, through the Omniverse. I'm going to go back through it. So she finds the touchstone to other world, which is generally the lighthouse, but there it's like a big military base. But so to get there, she, you know, she's a ninja. She's had ninja training. She can be stealthy to get there because she's the queen of England right now. So like, she can't just walk there. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows what she looks like. So Warren says, no, no, no. I'll have somebody, um, get you there. I know, I know somebody I'll call in a favor. That favor was he calls in that this universe is Kowanin. Okay. Who is Warren's ex-wife in this universe. <laughs> Not, which is just fucking wild. Um, so she takes her to that military base that it serves as this, this universe's lighthouse. And when she gets there, the the universe this current universe's betsy brought it told her hey i know you're going to be tempted but don't fucking say anything about where you come from and don't ask us anything about us like 
don't share details. It will fuck things up. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so on her way there, she can't help herself. And she starts asking Kawanan questions about this world and kind of hinting that they used to have the same body and that never happened in this universe. Like they never got stuck in each other's body. And so after they break into the, <clears throat> the lighthouse compound and fire up the, the gate, Betsy's trying to ask her like one more fucking question. And Kawanan just like, pushes her into the gate she's like you can't ask me anything she just shoves her into the gate so while all that's happening in this universe back in our universe that uh evil coven of witches that hate mutants they're back coven akaba is back oh okay yeah yeah Yeah. and they're saying captain britain's gone missing she was a mutant we told you this shit was going to happen this is why mutants are bad if where's captain britain and they're bringing this this uh to Pete Wisdom and saying, you work for the government, you're a mutant, you need to solve this or we will basically, like he's being kind of threatening. So Pete Wisdom reluctantly goes to Krakoa, like he does not want to go to Krakoa for something. He calls it, he calls it a trashy Margaritaville or something like that. <laughs> but he, he gets to Krakoa right when our Excalibur team has decided that they are going to move into the lighthouse, that they're all going to move in together because the best way, the best chance they have of finding Betsy is being at the lighthouse because that's that universe's touchstone to the other world. So they're all moving in. It's like a funny scene where they're coming through the gates with their, like, their belongings and like talking to it. Like Jubilee's asking questions about cats because Gambit has a shit ton of cats. So <laughs> when they get there, they meet. On the way there, they meet Pete Wisdom because he comes through the same gate. And he's like, uh, I need your help. You, The lighthouse is under attack from the coven. Like, I, I have to get there before the coven takes back the lighthouse, the seat of power. But when they go through the gate, it's too late. That coven is already there. They're trying to do their magic. Big-ass fight breaks out. Richter is doing his, like, oh, man, the druids love me. The druids will come in. The druids don't come in. This witch gets them all entangled. They are about to lose this battle when Betsy get pushed through the the tunnel, the gate, and mm. she reappears from like the ocean, like a fucking like sea siren. <laughs> and like when she does, I, like the team rushes to her. I for, like the remaining team. I forget why they. Oh, that's because as she's coming through the gate, a large like screech rings out through the through the lighthouse and it pushes the the coven akaba away and that lets the team come discover her and that's how the book ends with her just popping up out of the water and then passing out in jubilee's arms huh okay yeah i'm I'm pretty excited because like we're now it seems like we're now at a point where they really are a team and they're living together in the lighthouse which was basically the original excalibur yeah. like they all just live there too so that's what, it's gonna be fun. All right. How many X's did you give it? I gave it four, man. That was a fun ass book. I know I didn't do it justice in the review, but it was a really fun book. I liked it. Okay. Uh, next up, we have X Force number sixteen. Okay, so I realized something reading this issue of X Force. I love the issues of this book that are just action because yeah. the art is really nice. Yeah. And the humor is good. Yeah. 
And when you get to an issue that this could be a, easily be a standalone issue, that's just fun. It's just a fun time fighting weird monsters. But um, so this book starts off. Last issue, we had a bunch of like men slash sea creature hybrid weird organisms attacking Domino and um, Tom Cassidy on the beach. Yes. To them doing an autopsy on one of his bodies and realizing this wasn't an intentional, intentional attack. This was like a cancer that was in Krakoa that's now in the ocean. Yeah, infecting. You kind of said that as like it's Krakoa is also mutating. Yeah, which is not a good sign. No, and I wonder if it's a repercussion of the other island being there. Maybe. I mean, it's not referenced, of course, but. <laughs> so, when they realize that, they decide to send a team. Actually, before we get to that, I did like this part where I believe her name is Reyes, right? Yes, the doctor. Yeah. Uh. Kind of looks at Beast going, no, before you think about weaponizing it, you fucking asshole. Let's yeah. worry about how to stop it. Yeah. I This book is really harping the point that Hank is not the best guy. Yeah, exactly. And he's also like, yeah, I, I'm wondering if this is like Dark Beast in disguise. I actually today was thinking that. It would be a really cool reveal if, like, this whole time it's been Dark Beast. Yeah. That would be a really, really cool reveal because, like, it's getting weird now, right? He's, like, openly being an asshole. Yeah. Like, he's not even trying to have any redeeming qualities anymore. Basically not. So, also, they decide to send a team to go in the ocean to look for anything suspicious. So, they send Kid Omega, um, Forge, and Wolverine. And Forge is showing off these new suits he made for them. You can go deep underwater, and I have a flamethrower. Check it out, making Kid Omega run out of the way. <laughs> I love how excited Forge is to be here. Like I, <laughs> I, I do. I love because this is the only book I recall him being in at this point. I, I do love how Benjamin Percy is writing him as just a kid in a fucking candy store. <laughs> yeah, he's having time of his life, and all three of them go into the ocean. And I really, really like this part because, like, it's Wolverine, obviously not in his element exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love that Wolverine just sinks to the bottom because he's he's heavy. <laughs> love that. They get to the bottom; they don't really see anything. Wolverine, almost like overly confident that there's nothing down there, until he sees an eye in the abyss. As they say, the abyss looks back at you. Of course. Yes. Naturally, and then they get attacked by different creatures. I guess you could say zombie-style creatures. And the Wolverine sees this massive Kraken-esque creature right in front of him. And of all people, Wolverine is shook. Yeah, he gets He's actually like holy shit. He gets like God. I saw a God. Yeah, and it is one of those moments like, well, if Wolverine's freaked the fuck out, right? Like, holy shit. Then we get a bunch of zombified sharks and um, Kid Omega makes a harpoon gun, a psychic harpoon gun yeah. to shoot at them. And they're getting surrounded. And it was, this in this moment, I had a weird feeling because Forge is like, well, the only way out basically is going to be death. Yeah. And the fact that that's an option for them. Yes, like, they're getting that? so comfortable with it. They're getting too fucking comfortable with this. Like, now I need one of the five to die so everyone can fucking panic. Yeah. Like, but yeah, like, 
death is a legitimate way out for these people now. Right? Like, so, like get out of a situation. That's it's weird. It's nuts. Anyway. But in, the, in the last moment, they're all shocked, which in that moment when everything got zapped, I'm like, storms underwater? I had the same thought. I was like, of course he made one for Storm. He's never going to stop loving Storm. <laughs> but no, it is Namor himself. Now, if you haven't been reading current Marvel Universe stuff, Namor's had a little bit of a change. He's a little more, even more to say, of a hard ass. He doesn't really consider a mutant anymore, even though he is. Or for a long time, he said he was the first mutant, which is not yeah. true, but he said it for a long time. Um, and eventually, he's like, leave this beast to me because I can take it. It's in the ocean. But if any of your shit gets in my ocean again, I will sink your little island for my kingdom. That's and nuts. Oh shit. But this is the way he's been acting with everyone. He's yeah. attacked the Avengers. He attacked the Russians in one issue of Avengers. Like, he doesn't give two fucks right now. So I like this Namor. I like this Namor. Yeah. Um, he's basically like a like a really angry badass Thor, I guess you can say. Underwater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the underwater Thor. Yeah. So they all kind of said, okay, fuck it. You take it. While they all fly, while they all swim away, mm-hmm. and he beats this monster. And Wolverine has a nice little blurb in the back that basically says, like, when you meet a godlike beach figure, you have two choices, like, be squished by it in awe or want to kill it. So, like, and at the end he says, and now I ain't going to be able to sleep until I kill it dead. <laughs> but presumably Namor already did that. Possibly. Like, if this is a weird, this is a thing. I want to give this book actually a high rating because I really actually enjoyed the whole book. But if this story goes nowhere, then this book is pointless. Mm-hmm. If we don't get this squid creature again or a repercussion of it or a continuation of it, then yeah. what was the point? If we don't get a repercussion or continuation of the Namor story, then what was the point? Because this is the second time technically he's popped up because he, he was in the giant size Magneto book too. Yes. Because Namor is a mutant. He just doesn't classify himself as that because he's also the king of Atlantis. So yeah. Yeah, it's weird. So I I tentatively give this book three X's. Three and a half X's, I'll say actually. Three and a half X's. I went ahead and I gave it I gave it a solid four X's because this book was just fun. It was fun, yes. And frankly, if it doesn't go anywhere, I'm fine with this being like a one-off. You know what I mean? Like that's fine. And next up, we have New Mutants number 15. Take it away, Joshua. So, New Mutants 15. We are back at the... uh, I can never pronounce this. I'm not even going to try to. No, I can't pronounce it. Where all the younger mutants live. Is it called the Wild Hunt now? Uh, Maybe they call it the Fort now, but the Academos Habitat or whatever they call it, but... Yeah, I'm thinking of like two other names, like the Sexton. Sexton. Yeah, there's that one, and then the the yeah the Academos one, which I guess it wasn't that hard to pronounce if I just looked at it a little bit. Because um, <laughs> you read it. <laughs> anyway, so we open with the fort that they built there is on fire, and Magic, understandably, wants to know what the fuck happens. This book opens with Magic lecturing these kids and trying to figure out what happened and they are alluding to like at first they don't want to say and like one of them says no we should tell her and so they tell her that like they did it but we don't know who they are like yeah 
You know what I mean? And like, so magic says she's going to just go kick their ass, but who's they like, we never get, I, we never see who they is. I mean, I did assume it was other kids and she's trying to control other kids. That's what I'm thinking that it's this group that we next see. Right. Cause that would make yeah. sense. But I don't like, know they just lit the place on fire and like, everyone's like, Oh, uh, like th- this place is insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember death. doesn't mean anything. Imagine living in a town. Their death doesn't mean anything. People are going to do whatever the fuck they want. I feel like we live in a world where death doesn't mean anything right now. Yeah, some days. Um, So we cut to the other little group of kids, the one that has Cosmer, Anol, and I think what is his name? Waterboy. They are doing their training, but all the while, like, I love this fucking art, man. I I don't remember the artist's name off the top of my head if you see it on your book. The... um, the, the colors the which is obviously whoever the colorist is but the colors the the line work the the way the backgrounds are just almost paintings it, like it's just so perfect for this book i i can't i can't explain it so the um the shadow king is the one who's been pulling these kids um art by rod riz yeah rod race that's right okay riz. so this is basically we're learning from where we left off. The the Shadow King is is grooming these kids. Basically, he's like yeah. getting in their heads, and we get that because we get a data page a little later from Farouk before he be, before the Shadow King took over everything. You know what I mean? Like you see it progressively get worse. Okay, I was a little confused by that little panel. I didn't know if it was from the past or currently. That's okay. So you're telling me from the past? It was from the past. It was yeah. It was from the the journals he was was keeping back then. Okay, perfect. All right. Now that makes a lot more sense now because I'm like, oh, is it Farouk and someone else? Like, is there? Is it Noel? Is it the from the shadow of Noel? Like, oh, yeah. So um, that that leads into I'm 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 taking it again story by storyline. So that. Yeah. Um, that leads to Warpath calling all the kids together. You're like, all right, all right, all right. I, I see you all out there trying to work on your mutant energies. You, you, you're trying to combine your powers. We got to do it in a better way because you, you all are fucking up. So, in PE teacher shorts, of course. Of course. I I hope he never takes them off. <laughs> I hope that's just his new costume. When they go to battle, I hope he just goes to battle in that. In the PE teacher shorts. <laughs> <laughs> like puts on a regular like action top or whatever but he still keeps the shorts <laughs> so what we have is a series of just really fun fun uh panels after that of the kids using their powers together or figuring out how to and more and more of of scout of gabby not finding a place anywhere like she's not fitting in with these kids she's not that was my favorite aspect of this issue actually because before we keep going into it i love how last episode we talk about how in wolverine when they do like four different storylines it doesn't make sense and doesn't work this is balancing basically four different stories and That's it what really- I'm saying. Like, i am I, I am trying to figure out where to connect these storylines in a summarizing way like and i, I guess i'm going to jump off that one so the gabby story is she's not fitting in she's trying yeah. to ask the adults for stuff they're not listening to her she's not fitting in with the kids she last we saw her was thinking clones aren't going to come back or aren't even welcome on the island yep she's trying to get dakin's attention throughout this book but you know one time he's trying to get laid and the other time he's drinking you know like like there's 
it's building like an after school special about all the kids, everyone missing the signs. But well, it kind of feels like because her, one, her sister is still in a vault. Yes. Who knows what's happening, which I guess is going to be revealed in this, real time tomorrow. It, yeah. And then we also have her older brother, essentially, not paying attention to her. Then she's on an island where she doesn't know if all the rules even apply to her or if she's welcome. And then she just can't make any friends because people yeah. don't see things the way she sees things. Yeah, so Gabby is having a shit time on Paradise right now. Yeah, big time. So that's basically Gabby. Thank you. You gave Okay, so you did Gabby's storyline. So the other storyline that's happening, besides the kids trying to learn their powers, is one that quite literally almost brought me to tears because of this art. That's why I wanted you to cover this part. <laughs> so, everyone knows I love Rain, Rain Sinclair, even though in the 90s and early 2000s, they really did some questionable things with her. But she comes to Danny and they've always, I, I, I'll probably have to cut everything I'm going to say because I'm about to just ramble forever. <laughs> so, Dan, so she goes to Danny, she's down, she's sad and she goes to Danny. And the reason she does is because Rain and Danny have a, fucking bond because when rain is in wolf form danny can communicate with her she like they have like this telepathic communication that like has always calmed rain's werewolf tendencies down and like i love that they're bringing this up again with this her being there um so rain goes over because she's fucking sad because she can't find she pulled some strings she paid some people off and she can't find her fucking son anywhere in the resurrection protocol. I don't like the sun storyline. I've never been a big fan of what would happen that way, but <laughs> it still is making me my eyes. I like, I know I'm in a funk anyways, but it's making my eyes water right now. This fucking panel or this fucking page that Rod race does of, of the grief she fucking feels every terrible thing that happened to her, all the terrible things that happened to her, the, the, in, She's in chains while she's pregnant. You know, I, I, for, I forget all the details, but they do a great job of showing this. The time her her lover was possessed by fucking Asgardian shit, all her all the weird ass Asgard shit, the little baby pup tear, and then fucking when goddamn strongman was goddamn possessed by whatever it was and fucking killed him. Like she had a hard life. <laughs> it's fucking so tragic, and she's in the like she's in between wolf form and person form as she's doing this because she can't fucking control her emotions and it's just so fucking tragic and but so sweet to see that she and danny still have that rapport and that danny is like i won't go anywhere i know i i, I know i said i do this speech at doug's wedding i won't go anywhere if you still need me here like everything else can fuck off if you need me and like, I love that, man. I love how there for the, the original New Mutants are for each other. And so the book ends with everyone gathering at a dance because frankly, this is how every fucking New Mutants book should end um, <laughs> because it's Doug's wedding shower. Throughout this, everyone's having a good time. I'm going to skip all that. The, this, what happens here is the Shadow King is there. No one sees him. He's just strategically in some panels and he's whispering to Cosmer. Cosmer is the is the girl who couldn't control her powers in Romania or whatever and yeah. fucked everyone up. And in the process, she she became disfigured. And she can't turn herself back. But she can control her powers now to an extent. 
And so Shadow King gets in her fucking head and tells her, why don't you go ask somebody to do the fucking crucible with you so that they will resurrect you in your original body. And she goes to ask Danny because she has mad respect for Danny as everyone should. And Danny says, no, that's not what they're for. They're only for depowered mutants. Like you have your powers. This is part, like you look this way because that's what your powers did. Like that is who you are. And like, she doesn't like it and she runs away. And while she's running away, like you can see reality starting to like get fucked up in, in like a proximity to her. So yeah, like final, she can't control it. Yeah. She because she's emotional. Yeah. And like, God only knows what the fuck shadow King's going to do with this emotional kid who just got told she's going to be ugly forever. Like, fuck, I'm worried about this shit. Yeah. And the thing is like, it's a big story about, influence on children and you have yeah. what these older these younger adults try and do to raise these kids and then you have the shadow king and what he's doing to manipulate the kids which i really really like a lot of a lot of nature versus a, a lot of nature versus nurture and showing how things can be very different if if kids are given love and support but it's also i think a, a real a real fuck fucking commentary on just grooming in general you know what i mean yeah for sure um you skipped over the party but there's two moments i did love in the party yeah, yeah if you want they interrupted um cannonball and he's like how dare you interrupt my speech that i definitely didn't think of when i walked through the gate just oh, no, now. That, i don't think that was cannonball wasn't that that was um roberto's roberto because he was because he's you know how he is he's always like yeah. i was gonna give the best speech and i of course i had it all written out look no no that's that was uh what the fuck is his code name why can't i think of anyone's code oh, name? sunspot thank you like i like the new mutants to me i call them all by their first name your family friends <laughs> like i just um, fucking know them like when you're like cannibal i'm like sam all right gotcha <laughs> uh i also really love the part where magic gives uh cypher a noogie and looks oh at bay is like you want to get in on this noogie or and then she just stares at her and goes you're right i was rude he's yours to noogie now welcome to the family bay <laughs> I love that even magic is like, whoop, whoop. Okay, never mind. Overstep my bounds. <laughs> because that's like to her, her little brother, she can give a noogie to, oh, wait, wait. That's not respectful. He's yes. an adult because that's your husband and I will it's not like, do You can noogie him. Yeah, I, I just love that she still says that. Like, so obviously I gave it five fucking stars. Like, without so a doubt. The ending for me just felt a little abrupt. Like, when I turned the page, I expected one last page with a surprise. Yeah. It's very okay. weird. Like that kind of let me feel kind of off. So I only gave it, um, let's say four, four X's. All right, that's fair. the party feel. Yeah, but I definitely didn't think my favorite book from the stack would be X Men Legends. I wasn't even gonna buy it. I just happened to be at the comic store. I'm like, you know what? I'll get it for the podcast. Yeah. And then here we are. Yeah, no, I think that New Mutants one was was it for me, man. Like that one just fucking tore me apart. <laughs> All right, so those are the books now. What do we have coming up next? I don't know, man. Where the fuck are we? Okay, so we ended New Moon. So we got Wolverine 9. Yes. X-Men 17. Hellions 9. X-Factor 7? Yep, sounds good. All right. Or wait, did you want to try it? Oh, yeah, one more book, too. Five books. All right, if we do the five, then it would be Excalibur 18. All right, cool. More reading for you, not me. Perfect. (laughs) All right. 
All right, guys. Thank you for joining us this week. Even though we're in a little bit of a funk because the world's a nightmare every single five seconds, but we are still here to talk to you guys. Hopefully you can talk to us when you comment or find us on Twitter. Where can they find you, Josh? You can find me at xbrarian on Twitter. Ooh, clever with the X. Nice. You can find me at madman3005. That's what the app You have to sing it. You have to sing it into... The search engine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And if you guys want, leave a nice little comment like some of you wonderful listeners have already done. Because allegedly we are over a thousand listeners, but I need proof, people. You need to try harder. Not me. You people need to try harder. Yeah, I said you people. And you can do it by leaving a little rating and some nice comments or bad comments, but no middle ground. Either you fucking hate us or you give us five stars because you're our homies. If not, you're not our homie. I didn't agree with Nick turning heel on the audience, but I do agree with your last your last sentiment. All or nothing, motherfuckers. All or fucking nothing. And yes, eventually we'll get to our ranking all the X movies. Yeah, we'll be through. And I have some new opinions I didn't have before. I can't wait. Yeah. Have you continued your marathon at all? I have not. You son of a bitch. On that lovely note, (laughs) audience, we will see you deep in the depths of the gooey black, the venom null god's crotch. Next time. That was on call for it. <laughs>